Michael Harris's big hit caps another big week for the Braves. That means a lot, definitely with this team and uh, all the talent we have, and it can be anybody any day. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report, presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano coming to you from the press box at Truist Park and Justin Eight games in seven days is a lot to ask, but uh, six and two record will certainly get it done. That'll do. Uh, the Braves have been consistent. They've been good. I know there was another ugly loss Friday, but you look at the big picture this start, something we'll get into, and it's been really good. And I think you look at teams struggling around baseball. This is a fan base that should be feeling very good about the team for which it roots. While it was an ugly loss on Friday, two very beautiful wins on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean... Not really more you could ask for against a surging Baltimore club that certainly seems like, one, it's got talent, two, its prospects are popping, and three, it's ready to maybe compete more in the AL East than it has. All right, coming up, we will dig into that walk-off win on Sunday against the O's and the rather surprising return of the Braves shortstop, plus what to make of the signs of life for Marcelo Zuna. The first month of the season is now in the bag. Where do the Braves stand? We've also got a few more injuries to update. And, of course, the answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to the show. Well, we are glad to have you. And please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And, all right, this is the last week before Mother's Day. Do you have your plan squared away yet? How are you going to take care of Mama on her day? Your local Kroger store is here to help as your one-stop shop for everything you need to make Mom's Day special. They've got flowers, they've got candy, they've got the wine all in one place, or... If you choose to go the breakfast and bed route or the brunch buffet, Kroger has all the selections you need. So visit your local Kroger store today or plan ahead with Kroger.com slash Mother's Day. That is Kroger.com slash Mother's Day to pick up on some recipes and some special deals. You can also find that in the show notes as well. And uh, Justin, nothing like having the longest game of the season. Come at the one that starts at the earliest time. Yeah, that was that was funny. We had a little breakfast baseball today on that uh, NBC Peacock game. Before last year, I would have asked, what is Peacock? Um, Thankfully, our very good, esteemed former colleague, Tim Tucker, explained to us, he was our business of sport, you know, sports business writer who was terrific on these things, explained to us what it is, why they're doing it, how you sign up, but 11.37 first pitch, 3.07 final out, I think. Yeah, it was the the longest game of the season, and last year, uh, the 11.30 Peacock game also uh, went into extra innings and also was played at more than three and a half hours. I have always said that I I like the inclusion of that one game here and there because if you're a beat writer, okay, it gets you home a little earlier. Like I've, I've said it for players, it gets them home earlier. Coaches, same thing, especially before an off day. Jay, I don't know if I'm going to say that next year because it hasn't worked out for us two years in a row. But that is uh, that is the least of the Braves fans' concerns. The 40000 that were here got their money's worth, and uh, nothing wrong with the Braves at brunch, especially when you get another walk-off. See them walk Ozuna and want to have to face me, it kind of kind of put a fire uh, in my you-know-what. And uh, got up that first pitch and tried to hit something hard, and I did, and ended it. Uh, that's Michael Harris, and that was certainly a choice to um, – pass up Marcelo Zuna for Michael Harris. Understandable, but these are the consequences. Yeah, I mean, lefty-lefty, right? Uh, smart baseball in that regard, but that's a guy who was Marcelo Zuna who's hitting like 085 before they went on the last road trip or, or something like that. I mean, 
certainly a decision. They felt it was the right one, but Michael Harris also, man, had been hitting some balls today. And one of them was a couple feet from going over and probably could have gotten acid here an hour early. If that ex- I was going to say, making it so that there were no extra innings. Michael Harris got his due, though, after that um, really good first walk off hit in RBI of his career. Coming into uh, this week in the in the Mets series last week, in the Braves were three and seven against teams with a winning record, but they take two or three against New York and they finish off the O's and should should put some of those early worries to bed. Yeah, I mean, this team has been so good overall that you look around baseball, you've got good teams who are struggling. This isn't one of them. I mean, they're off to a fantastic start. They're in first place with a little bit of cushion. A lot more cushion after the Mets could not beat the Rockies or the Tigers. And so, yeah, I mean, any any qualms about the Astros series at home, about the Padres series at home, those should be put to bed. I, I get it. At some point, they're going to need to beat those teams to achieve their ultimate goal of winning a World Series. But it's April. They're 24 and 11. I'll tell you this. It's not April. It's May. Is it May? I we're just time we're so, is a flat circle. That that's right. We're so accustomed to just saying it's April. It's early, and I'll tell you this. I mean, if we asked most of our fans, most of Braves fans, people listening to this show, if they would have taken twenty four and eleven to the first thirty five games, I don't think a single soul would have cared if there was a sweep against Houston in there and dropping three or four against the Padres at home in there. I think you'd take twenty four and eleven. And the O's are no joke. That is that's a that is a good young ball team and and they just keep bringing horses out of that bullpen. Yeah, <laughs> Cano, man, holy smokes, he's he, filthy. Yeah, he's uh he's he's nasty. Uh, they had three or four of those guys there that were really really good, and they say what it takes in baseball a sport with you know nine guys on the field at one time, twenty six on a roster, forty man roster. It takes prospects popping at the same time. This team's got a few of them, man. Gunnar Henderson is a great player. Um, they've got Adley Rushman, who's a terrific catcher. They're they're a really impressive team, and I think they're going to make some noise in the AL East this year. Bray's got some big news this morning with their shortstop coming back. I'm just happy. Honestly, last night I couldn't even sleep with the uh, the idea and the excitement of just rejoining the team. Um, so I'm just very happy. That's Orlando Arcia through the Braves interpreter, Franco Garcia, and he made an instant impact at short on Sunday, including that big throw to get the lead runner at third. Yeah, it's a risky, high-reward, you know, risky play. Um, I love the fact that he has the confidence to make a play. Those are huge. Anything can happen. Pass ball, you know, block ball, air, ball over the, you know, whatever. So that's a, he had an unbelievable game at shortstop today. Just the plays he made were unbelievable. How stunned were you to see that announcement this morning that Arcia was going straight to the big leagues with no rehab assignment? So stunned that I hurried my butt up and got to the clubhouse. <laughs> got from my apartment to the clubhouse. No, I was... I was really stunned um, because, look, he started taking dry swings on Thursday. Yep. And usually that's the first step in a hitting progression. Dry swings, for those who don't know, no contact, no ball, no pitcher, no nothing. Just swing a bat. Yep, swing a bat. And so I was really shocked. But here, there there are kind of layers to it. The Braves, when they were on the road, did not get eyes on Orlando Arcia while he was back in Atlanta. When they did on Friday, he had a tremendous workout. 
on Saturday, he followed it with another tremendous workout. The BP was good. The infield, you know, the infield practice was terrific. Ron Washington and athletic trainers were among those who supervised him, you know, as the coaches did. And so really Orlando lobbied them and said, you know, I was ready. And they were, they were still planning on sending him on a rehab assignment. As I heard, it was just that he was like, why a rehab assignment? I'm, I'm ready. I, I can play now. And look, the minor leagues, for those who don't know, are off on Mondays, every Monday. So he would have played Sunday for Gwinnett, off Monday, played Tuesday, off, what, what, you know, whatever it would have been for his rehab assignment schedule. Well, the Braves are off Monday and Thursday. So in effect, they could have just worked him in here. The re-imaging they did with the re-MRI on his wrist was good and showed that the fracture had healed. And then you look at the part you can't, really back away from is they needed a reliable shortstop. They would not have rushed Orlando RC if he were not ready, but there's a part of this where look like Von Grissom committed six errors in 19 games. He didn't look overly comfortable at the position. That's fine. He's 22 years old. He's got development to do. Um, and the Braves effectively picked Grissom over Shoemake because they thought it was beneficial for Shoemake to be a part of this, to be in advanced scouting meetings to go on the road with the team um, until Adrianza comes back. He's scheduled or he's eligible to return May 12th. Um, and all indications are is that he will return then um, or close to that. Uh, and so really whoever they kept was only going to be on the roster for a week because the Braves still see it as that RC and Adrianza are the best duo going forward because one of, you know, those kids, Grissom and Shoemake, me calling people kids when I'm 26 <laughs> years old, going on 27. Anyways, I'm I'm 38. I think yeah. I I have do I have the permission now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So the the prospects still need to play every day, uh, for their development. So it's gonna be RC and Adrianza. So but so Shoemake's kind of you know gets to ride out the string a little bit. Um, but they think it's good for him to be up there here and experience this a little bit. And Grissom can go down and play every day. But stunner for sure. Our our colleague. AJC sports journalist Gabe Burns pointed out in his story on Saturday that Grissom has six errors in 19 games. Dansby Swanson had eight all of last year, and Grissom's six is the second most in the National League. Yeah, he didn't he didn't look great. I mean, it almost looked like the game was too fast for him. It just sped up a little bit, and it you know he had some routine throws that he botched, a couple of routine plays. You know, wasn't maybe wasn't getting to some balls. Look, he's young, as I said. He's gonna go down to AAA as he has. He's gonna develop. I think he had three hits today as we do this podcast on a Sunday. He's gonna get more comfortable at the position. He's was Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. Maybe he had a better glove at the outset, but Dansby Swanson took, as I remember it from afar, pretty severe criticism for four of his six years here. Yeah, about he was being, never seen as an elite shortstop till the end. Exactly as a streaky hitter, as, you know, just a ball player, like things like that. Vaughn Grissom, I think, is going to be fine. And if that's not at shortstop, that's okay. But there was, you know, we have to think about all of these things that it takes to develop. He, you know, was tasked with replacing Dansby Swanson. It's tough to fill those shoes especially when you're 22, haven't played the position a ton at this level. He's going to go down and develop. It's probably going to be fine. And his bat is good enough to play somewhere up here. But 
it should be noted that he, you know, great bat to ball guy, but he didn't have any home runs and what was it, sixty five at bats? Yeah, to two seventy seven his OPS was around six forty. Yeah. So, you, so just kind of, you know, two doubles and that was his only extra base hits. Yeah, and you'd hope for a little more power than that. But as I keep saying, he is still young. Plus, the Braves are in a good spot. They've got Orlando Arcia coming back. Vaughn Grissom can go down to AAA, find it again, get more comfortable with the position, play every day. He's smart. He's a hard worker. He's a talented athlete. Like though, there are so many things that bode well for Von Grissom's future um, that this shouldn't be too big of a knock, especially because, as I just mentioned, he was going to be off the roster in a week, as would Bra- you know, as will Braden Shoemake, just because the Braves see those other two as the more viable fits right now. They don't want any of the prospects rotting on the bench. Now, here's how Braden Shoemake got the call that he'd been waiting for basically his entire life. You're going to the big leagues? I was about to change my son's diaper. So I was in his room, uh, just gotten his clothes off of him after he made a mess of breakfast. And I'm about to change his diaper as soon as the phone rang. So that's where I was in the apartment. Not exactly how he uh, dreamed it up, but what is Shoemake's ceiling going to be? I know this is the veritable cup of coffee here, but how is he going to fit in? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got the potential to be the everyday shortstop at some point. I mean, he's look, he's 25 years old. The biggest issue is the bat. Can it play up here? Can it play for long enough in the minor leagues to deserve a continued shot up here? Is it going to play eventually for him to have a little bit of a leash up here? Is there going to be opportunity? The glove is there. I mean, I think he's a great athlete. That's not a question. It's the bat. And that's why I don't think the ceiling is super, super high. But I think he's a good player. I mean, you watch him play, and he really he can play the position, and that's his best asset. Here's what he had to say about that bat. And knowing that he has hit before, so how is he going to fix it? That's kind of coming out of college. That's kind of what I was known for was swinging the bat. And uh, I made some minor tweaks and stuff, and it hadn't really worked for me. So just trying to get back to what I do best was really the biggest key. And um, I think we're, we're pretty close to getting back to that um, if we're not there yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, the offensive side of things was what I knew I had to come in and uh, improve. And so we're still working towards that, but I'll keep grinding away at it. Are there going to be a lot of at-bats up here at the big leagues for these next couple weeks? I don't think so because Orlando Arcia, you have to figure an off day Monday, an off day Thursday. So they're going to look to work Arcia back into the fold, right? But those off days are basically that. They can serve as off days for him too and his playing schedule. So, I mean, I think maybe Shoemake gets a start, but I don't think there's going to be, you know, considerable playing time for the next week plus but it can still be a beneficial experience and we have to mention man what a journey i mean Braden shoemake has you know grinded through he would have gotten called up last year had it not been for his torn pcl suffered in a collision in left field and you know going running back on a ball um as the left fielder was coming in he would have been called up when von grissom was and he fights through that he has an outstanding camp Puts himself on the map again after he'd theoretically been jumped organizationally by Grissom. Grissom gets the first opportunity. And then they call up Shoemake. You know, they give him a shot. Who knows how much he'll play. But just the fact that he's up here, I feel like already opens the door. You know, he puts his foot in the door. Let's see what he does when he's up here, when he gets opportunity. And then looking big picture, let's see what he does in Gwinnett. Maybe those tweaks continue. He, you know, spring training, I heard from 
uh, hitting coach Kevin Seitzer that Braden Shoemake just went back to doing what he did in college. He had a he had a conversation with his dad, who's the uh, head baseball coach, and you know at a college um, in Texas, and they talked about just getting back to what he was doing in college, staying through the middle of the field, things like that. I mean, not being too pole conscious is what they worked on in spring training. Um, Seitzer and you know Shoemake, it's. Let's see if it plays. Let's see if it plays, but awesome story. I mean, it's just a terrific story. We should spend a minute or two discussing the hottest bat in the Braves lineup, which is not the person we would have expected this time last week, and that is Marcelo Zuna. You know, God, if, if we get the real Marcelo Zuna going, that, that's going to be a big feather in our hat, I'll, I'll tell you that. Four homers this week. How close is this thing to being real? Yeah, I mean... He hit, you know, everybody said, well, he's good in Miami. He hit one against Baltimore, um, and it was a big one. I I mean, you can see the signs. The swing, you know, is there. He's punishing balls that he does hit, which he wasn't doing. He was rolling over a lot of balls. He was probably too pole conscious, not using the middle of the field. Uh, things that, and I get, you know, things that Sites mentioned to me when I talked to him a couple weeks ago. I mean, I think going forward, Maybe you don't expect four homers in a week, but maybe you expect a couple every couple weeks, depending on how much he's playing. Let's also add this. This is a guy who had not played the entire New York series. So he was effectively off for one, two, three, four, five days before getting that first at bat in Miami and then does that in Miami um, against a team like the Marlins. Pitching is not no, their not weakness. Their issue. Yeah, that's not their issue. And so... Those were great swings, and you could see the weight off his shoulders a little bit. You could see the happiness. You could sense it post-game when he was like, hey, you know, I've been working. And he told us that he's been working so hard that, you know, eventually he, the team is doing so well, and he wants to contribute, and he wants to do it for his teammates and the coaches. And he even said the fans who pay to, you know, to see players like him. And what he said is sometimes he gets embarrassed because he's trying, you know, he's pressing too hard to show the fans what he can do and show them the talent he does have. And he wants it so bad. And you could see, you can, you could just sense and feel and see a little bit of the weight off those shoulders uh, in Miami. I think he can be somewhat real. I certainly don't think Marcelo Zuna is a 100 hitter for the rest of his career. Like, I just think he's too talented of a hitter with too much power. Um is he ever going to return to his 2019, 2020 form? I don't know. But I think more is in there than was shown. And we're seeing, look, like I know fans want to be, you know, understandably, they're the outcries for some, some of it is for the off-field issues as well. I will say that. But this team was never going to DFA him after him. I mean, and I think you're seeing why, because it's just like you can't be too short-sighted with those sorts of things. You've kept him for this long. Give him a little bit of run in it, and he's showing you what might be able to happen. All right, coming up, we'll take a step back and look at the Braves through the first month plus of the season as we now enter May and how they've pulled out to a pretty strong advantage of the National League East. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, now we we, all, we have a lot more to offer here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in our portfolio of Braves coverage than just this podcast, which Justin and I are very proud of. But every day on AJC.com, there are multiple stories that Justin has to provide you all the insight you could ever imagine on the Atlanta Braves, plus great opinion and analysis from our columnists Mark Bradley and Michael Cunningham and feature stories from Gabriel Burns and videos from Sarah Spencer. And it goes on and on and on. And it's, 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 the best, it's the best bargain in Atlanta. And the only way you can get all that is to subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And not only will you get all of our Braves coverage, but all of our sports coverage, breaking news, investigations, politics, dining, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've got a special deal going on right now. You can get everything we have to offer digitally for the next six months for just 99 cents. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Take advantage of the special deal. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. You have until May 22nd, unlimited digital access to the AJC for the next six months for 99 cents. So you always know what's really going on. And hey, you'll make a great Mother's Day present too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think if if your mother would like the latest updates on Kyle Wright, Travis Darnot, and the like, as well as feature stories, game coverage of every single game, daily coverage every single day, like we're at all one. The gift of information for less than a buck. It, I, I mean, it's it's probably the cheapest Mother's Day gift you're gonna find around. But you get so much value, so don't just don't tell her how much you paid. Just say, hey, you get six months to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And- Nobody needs to know how much you paid for it. She will honestly be mad at you because she will think you paid about $500. Yes, exactly. So you get you get terrific Braves analysis and Mother's Day advice from Justin and I. So what, what more could you ask for in this podcast? Uh, I mean, it's our Mother's Day advice is slightly lower than the segment about the, <laughs> the food recommendations that one, one listener asked for. Exactly. All right, now, first month for the Braves, 35 games in. Brian Snicker, how you feel? You know, last couple of years, I know, we've kind of stubbed our toe. We beat ourselves. We're playing better baseball than we have the last couple of years, early in the year. Um, I, I know for sure last year, you know, we just we, we, were, we weren't playing our brand of baseball. I mean, this year, I think, we had a full spring training and, and, and everything, and the guys have, have come out playing really good baseball. But, um, you know, it's just I think this group right here is really good at compartmentalizing things and, and going out and preparing and, and doing what they can to win today's game. Last year, bad start. 2021, bad start. Last time the Braves were above 535 games in was 2019. They were one game above 500. They're 24-11 and 11 now. Do you know the last time the Braves were 13 games above 500? 35 games into the season. Give me uh, 99. 1998. Oh, 20, 98. 25 years ago. Wow. Might have been the 98 Braves. I was surprised one. that I was surprised. That's a song. As, as one as one, as one one artist once said. Hat tip to Morgan Wallen. <laughs> Free ad for him. Uh, I was surprised it's been that long since the Braves were playing this well. The Harrison Acuna's is or keeping up with the Joneses. To say. <laughs> um, no, I know it. It really puts into perspective <laughs> how dominant of a roster Alex Anthopoulos has built. And you can even say Dana Brown. Everybody yep. from scouting to player development uh, to Alex. It's all worked in concert with the other. Um, we look at 
I find this fascinating because whenever I write about another bad, you know, a bad loss like AJ Minter blowing the game here that we talked about or the Houston losses, you look at the standings and it's like, man, Minnesota, 19 and 16, Texas, 19 and 13. You have the Mets, 17 and 18. You have the Brewers, 18 and 15. You have the Cardinals, 11 and 24. You have the Dodgers, 20 and 14. The D-backs, 19 and 14. Padres, 18 and 16. 24 and 11 is a lot different than a lot of those starts. And my point being that it is so difficult to get off to a very hot start in baseball. Baseball is a sport that naturally keeps you hovering around even level and kind of around sea level just because of the nature of how inconsistent it is. It's a daily grind. Things don't always work out. People get hurt by the half a dozen. Yeah. And even but but they've shown that even when people get hurt by the half a dozen, you can still apparently be 11 games over 500 without your best roster to this point. And they're about to get everybody back. I think it just speaks to how dominant of a roster Alex has built in terms of having youth. Sure. But you've got a Matt Olson. You know, you've got a Travis Darno. You've got a Max Freed. You've got guys who are veterans. And I think Von Grissom once put it to me like youthful veterans. You have a lot of youth, but you have guys who are established major leaguers. And look around the field. I mean, imagine the field is empty right now. Imagine the guys out there. Most of them are stars in this lineup. And that's... That's an incredible thing when your number nine hitter is your your number eight hitter is Michael Harris. Yep. And now all of a sudden, very quickly, a seven game lead in the NL East and the only team above five hundred. What can I? It's early. It's it's May. Very early. It's May, not April. But I sat on this podcast the day before opening day, and I I said there the couple days before opening day, and I said the Mets are vulnerable. And do you remember? I told you that because yep. I, I told you guys that because I said the rotation is old and there are some questions. The lineup doesn't scare me, you know, wouldn't scare me as an opponent. They, they're very good at working at bats and at contact, but there are a lot of droughts in there. And I think before <laughs> this game against the Rockies Sunday, I saw something that the Mets had scored 30 or they'd scored in their last 39 innings. They'd scored four runs. Jay, that was three games against the Tigers and one against, you know, two against the Rockies. I I just, I don't see it, man. I mean, unless the Phillies and the, you're getting to the point where, and the Mets, let's be honest, the Mets were this team on this hot start that the Braves are on last year that the Braves overcame. I just don't think they have the roster. I don't think they have the firepower. I think if you're Philly in New York, there's going to become a point here if you don't, turn around these next two weeks and the Braves keep going that I don't see this Braves roster losing eight of 10 or losing 10 no. of 12 or losing seven in a row or eight. Like, I just don't see it. There's too much talent in the room. And if you're the Mets and the Phillies, man, like there's got to be some urgency very quickly. Now, maybe the biggest reason for this hot start is the guy at the top of the order, Ron Lacuna, who has helped win games in these first 35 with all five tools in his bag and Sunday it was his arm. Now here is the Ronald Acuna appreciation montage, starting with Brian Snicker. I saw him circling that thing and getting that head of steam coming in. And I, I, you can, it's those guys. I said those guys are dangerous when they smell that. Those type of players. I know as a, a third base coach, I mean those guys are looking for those opportunities, and he did everything right. And man, huge, huge play. 
Michael Harris? Yeah, I was I was telling him he was tagging, but in my head I was like, I don't even know why he's, why he's tagging because, I mean, this guy, most accurate. I mean, he throws 100 from the outfield, so I don't even know why you would test him. Anna Cunha? Are you surprised that team still run on you? No, no, I'm uh, always anticipating uh, for the runners to go. So um, I just try to make the throw, make the play, and they get themselves out, I guess. That was so beautiful. Man, is there, is there anything better in this game than a great outfield assist like that? Like, Not many. I, it's the one play in baseball that rivals a home run or a big hit in terms of like I guess a big strikeout's up there, but in terms of how much the crowd erupts, like that little second where the crowd waits for the umpire to like give the signal, and then like if he like you know punches him, like yeah. the crowd goes wild. I mean, it's just the best, all of it. And that one, man, like that was pretty deep. I know we were asking him, and I asked Ronald if he's surprised teams run on him. That was uh, what does it say on that wall out there? See, that was three hundred twenty-two feet of that right field right there. I mean, that, that ball was pretty deep. It wasn't the warning track, but it was pretty deep, man. And if you're a decent runner, like you're probably going on that, on that one. And, you know, as Snit said, I, that was an incredible throw, put it right on the money. And you see it all the time. Like, even if guys get to third, Ronald firing a throw to Riley, like it, you know, his arm is, I mean, geez, it's just a cannon. And it's a shame that, uh, the stat cast metrics on the MLB research tool were not working properly today. Oh. You know, for, for that play specifically. <laughs> we don't have the, we don't have so, the, uh, so uh, the I, speed. I wish, yeah, I wish I could have gotten the arm strength and gotten like a comparison, but that was a cannon. Yep. Heading into Sunday, Acuna's leading baseball in hits, runs, stolen bases, total bases, and he's second in average in the non Luis Arias category. Wow. Do you know? what that means and it's three letters m and a v and a p i think uh look especially if he adds more power he's he is on an mvp track right now that is if you're if you are a prospective baseball player looking to win the mvp award uh that is the start you want the start he has had through 35 games anything that worries you about this team right now the rotate the rotation maybe and that's only if okay look Kyle Wright, right shoulder strain, confirmed by an MRI. Max Freed, Snit seemed to say that there wasn't anything wrong with him. He said when asked. Here, here's what he said. Yeah. No, we're, we're just going through some things right now. You think he'll pitch on Friday then? Uh, we're still, I don't know. We'll know more tomorrow. And that was when asked, the first question was when Mark Bowman of MLB.com asked him if freed if there was something wrong with freed and he goes because there no. there's a tbd right now in the rotation he goes no we're looking and that we can read into this two ways one that brian snicker doesn't pick his language you know that precisely which i wouldn't pick my language that precisely if i was answering all those questions after a long day at the ballpark so who knows whether we can read into that no but two is the no meaning that there's not something wrong with freed right now we don't know and the braves are pretty vague about that um, but that's the only thing I can see is like, if Wright is out for a while, if Freed gets hurt, like maybe the rotation dooms it. But even then they have like, they know what Schuster and Dodd kind of are right now. They know Soroka's down there. Um, at some point, uh, they've got off days right now in the interim where they're, you know, that might be what they're doing is figuring out how to reshuffle the rotation. I, 
it was vague. I think that's probably the only thing, though, because I still think the bullpen, even if it struggled over that week plus a little bit, we can change. I still think there's enough there, even with Iglesias back, that I, I don't see that happening again. And I just... I, that's why I think the rotation, maybe, like the lineup gives you enough. Like, I, I don't know. And Bryce L. Iglesias pitching back-to-back days right back out of the bullpen, looking just fine. Yeah, it looks really good. Allows everybody else to kind of move a seat down a little bit. And um, that's why when you ask me if there's anything that concerns me, there are no concerns like there are with other teams I've covered in my career. Um in any sport because this team is just so talented and it's deep and they have the organizational depth that a lot of teams don't. But the rotation, I guess, is the one thing that, look, if they get to October when it matters and they don't have three of their starters, like, yeah, that's that's probably going to be an issue. But right now, like, I, just, <laughs> they've got so much talent that, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to walk to 105 wins, but they, they're on a good pace right now. Kyle Wright did seem a little choke up though after he had to leave his last start against the fish. When I got to the third inning, Craig came out. I just didn't, didn't feel good enough to keep going. I wasn't at that point. I wasn't being smart, so um, I give Cranny a lot of credit for protecting me from myself. So, uh, so that when you mentioned protecting you from yourself, is that something where you maybe lobbied to stay in, and he was like, "Hey, let's be smart about this." Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was able to keep throwing, so. I want to try. I didn't want to put the bullpen in a tough spot, but I mean, he was—he made the call, and it was—it was the right one. What is um, any relation to kind of the soreness or inflammation you felt before the cortisone shot? So this is actually—it was a little bit different. Um, it's kind of more in the back, but um, you know, like I said, it didn't feel like it was anything crazy, but it was enough to where you know I felt like it was definitely affecting the way I was pitching. Um, so hopefully, it's not co- uh, correlated, but. Um, you know, for sure until further. That sounded like a guy who thinks he's going to be on the shelf for a while. Yeah, I mean, anytime a team says that he'll be reevaluated with a later date and there's no timetable, that kind of tells you. Like, and I know teams are, you know, wary of releasing timetables. The RCS situation is perfect. Is that because teams don't want to release something, have a player get back sooner or later, and then have like media and fans be like, oh, the team lied. So that's why teams are worried about releasing timetables. But yeah, anytime you're talking about a shoulder strain where he's going to need to, you think about it, he's going to need to be shut down, you know, and then he's going to need to build back up eventually. That's about a, a month right there, you know, a few weeks right there alone to build up. And then you take the time, you know, it would take to take their time. And I think, I think he, you know, the hope is that he can be, you know, back with a good chunk of the season still left. And that's a good thing about it being May. But certainly, you know, it's not something where he's going to be on the I.L. for two weeks. Travis Darno back to rehab assignment. Yeah, he caught Friday, D.H. Saturday, caught Sunday. Um, and if you think about minors off Monday, it's going to be based on how what Travis tells the Braves, but he should be back very soon. So I'm expecting him back at the latest, like by the next road trip, but I think it could be sooner. All right, look at what's up next. This past week, stuffed full of baseball. This week, not so stuffed. Off day Monday, two here against the Sox. Another off day before handing to Canada for the weekend. And the yeah. AL East is something else. Yeah. I mean, talk about a division. Yeah. The uh, the Rays are... 
I feel like I, I always check this. So when I look at the standings to see the Braves, I always notice the Rays have under 10 losses and they're only up in the division by like four games. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. They've gotten off to the best start imaginable and they're not even running away with it. Uh, the AL East is something else. Now the Braves get Boston, who I did not think highly of, but has proved me and a lot of others wrong. Uh, maybe maybe last, Bloom's not going to get fired yet after all. Yeah, in the last week and a half, they've played really, really good baseball. Um, this is one of those times, though, that I get it. As a fan, like the people listening to the show, you're not happy. You're not going to be able to watch the Braves on Monday or Thursday, um, and it stinks. But team can use the two off days. Friday um, in Toronto, um, that that place is probably going to be rocking to host the Braves. They've got a good team there uh, with a good rotation, great lineup. I I think it's going to be another fun week. But yeah, like you said, last week was was what eight and seven days. Yep, and uh, stick around on next edition of the Braves Report podcast. We'll have a dining in Canada update from Justin. I am actually not going on the trip. Oh. So Gabriel Burns is going. And contrary to popular belief, for those who might want to make jokes at me for this, this is not because I don't have my passport. <laughs> I've had my passport since 2015, even though I've never been to Canada. Uh, my brother, shout out Brandon, is graduating from Arizona State. So right. I will be in Phoenix um, to welcome a new Sun Devil graduate into the family. Um, the second one of us, Gabriel Burns, will be in Toronto. I will pick it up in Texas. Um, and one thing we should mention. For those of you who might not know, the Braves don't need, because of the off days, unless Freed is hurt, the Braves don't need a fifth starter until May 16th in Texas. So for those of you hoping it's going to be Soroka at some point, keep that in mind. They can play around until then. All right, now to Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Discount. And Michael McClellan and a few others that ask about Soroka, there is your answer. So we'll start with uh, Cole M. Nino. How do you guys feel about keeping Austin Riley batting third? I like, I mean, I like it unless he goes five for 60. I like it. I mean, he's had, he had what this week, four or five hits. I mean, I know he's still struggling a little bit, went over five in the finale here, but I just think that's your best option. Who are you, who are you going to move up there? Like, I mean, even if there's a better performing hitter, like I still think Austin Riley gives you a shot to impact the game with one swing. I like it. Next up from Benjamin Pack. What made the Braves comfortable not sending Arcia on a rehab assignment? Yeah, so really his workouts, they felt like they were good, you know, the two days. They finally got to lay eyes on him because they weren't, you know, they were on the trip and so the coaches weren't here. And when they finally saw him, the BP was great. The um, the infield, you know, defense, the infield practice, ground balls was terrific. And he said he had no pain in his wrist. And part of it too is because, look, they have off days Monday, Thursday. There are ways to ease him back in. So theoretically, teams you know can do this where he can have the rehab assignment with them. Theoretically, so I mean they'll still control you know his workload and, and monitor him. But he really convinced them too. It sounded like next from Jake W. Where do we think Vaughn's future is headed at this point? Yeah, I mean for now, you know AAA this year until they need him again. I don't know. I mean, I've heard, you know, talk to other reporters about, yeah, like he he could be an interesting utility guy. Like he could be, you know, left fielder. But I still think he's, for now, he's a shortstop until they need him elsewhere at the big league level for me. That's how I view it is because I know, you know, developmentally, like 
you want to give him that chance to show you something at shortstop and, and keep developing there. So for now, I'm going to treat it like he's a shortstop while knowing that, hey, he didn't look comfortable in this first stint. Let's see how it happens if they gave him another opportunity, and then we'll go from there. All right, finally from Rob. How sustainable do we think Bryce Elder's pitching is? Looking at his baseball savant page, it's nothing but blue, which means below average. Do we think they're riding a hot streak, or do we think this may be what happened with Ian Anderson? The stuff isn't overpowering and seems to be just a contact management guy. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to answer that question myself. Um, I, I'm not an analytics guru like the ones in the front office, but... What I looked at when I saw that was at one point when I looked about two starts ago, his hard hit rate was 53%, which is not good. That means one out of every, over one out of every two balls that's getting hit off him is hit at 95 or above. But two, his ground ball rate was over 50%. That means he's getting a lot of ground balls. It was his fly ball rate was 15%. Line drives at the time were above 20. Um, you use your eyes too. Like, does he get hit super hard? I don't think so. Especially if you're getting like I don't. It's not like guys are hitting rockets to the gap off of him all the time. And that so I, using my eyes, I'm like, okay, the stuff's not overpowering. But this is a guy who what 11 consecutive starts of at least five innings now, dating to last April, 12 or something. This is his. After this start, he's got five starts this year of allowing one run or fewer, which is second in the majors. I mean. At what point are we going to accept that? Are people going to accept that he's just good and he's having? And I know everybody wants to talk about the regression monster, but Bryce Elder has not had his best stuff at times and has still kept teams off the board. And that should count for something. And what he does is he knows himself, he keeps pitching, he gets ground balls, and he lets the defense work. So, I mean, sure, I can't predict like maybe in the future it does become a situation where he gets rocked like Ian Anderson does, but. He's had a pretty sustainable stretch. Here's the thing about Ian, too. Look at some of those lines, especially in the postseason. Four walks, five walks, a ton of hits. Bryce Elder's had some pretty clean games this year, too. Yeah, it doesn't walk a lot of people. You know, it's not like the, they're banging it off the fence. It's just kind of hard ground balls and right at people. Yeah, and like, you'll take that because yep. you have the defense here that can convert those into outs. All right, winners of the week. My winner of the week is going to be Marcelo Zuna. Um, after, you know, how much he's struggled, just getting that has to feel pretty good. Uh, you can tell that, you know, his teammates, coaches, you know, like him. Um, they think he's got a good heart, things like that, works hard. So that's my winner of the week is Ozuna for for kind of showing up. Let's see if it continues. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit, and uh, that'll be the NL Player of the Month, Ron Lacuna, second time that he has won that award in his career. I thought the Braves had multiple opportunities to win those awards. Yeah. With Strider, maybe Pitcher of the Month. Um, yeah, I I thought the Braves had multiple opportunities to come away with them. That's a good one. I mean, Ronald Lacuna is going to have – if he keeps playing like this, he he will be the league MVP. First time in 25 games he did not get on base. That's <laughs> pretty good. So that's where we will leave it. So we will be back with you on uh, Monday while uh, Justin takes a, a nice weekend off. But, hey, please tell your friends about what we're doing here. Rate the show. Review the show. Follow us on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends. Tell your enemies. The, the more you do these, this helps us grow the show, and uh, we would like to stay around for a while. So we'll be back with you every Monday or when major news breaks. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, 
Look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.